Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in marketing and how to use their podcast to generate leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited that you're here. Hey, Savvies, welcome back to another episode of Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. Today, I am chatting with Brittany Felix of Podcasting for Coaches. Brittany is a travel-loving podcast consultant and editor who founded Podcasting for Coaches, where she specializes in helping female coaches and consultants either launch a podcast for their business or improve their existing one so that they can develop relationships with their ideal clients, build brand and awareness, generate new leads, land speaking engagements, make invaluable network connections, and more. So I'm super excited to have Brittany here today to chat all about starting your own podcasting business. So let's just dive right in. Hi, Brittany. Welcome to the show. I am super excited you're here and I cannot wait to chat all about podcasting with you. So before we dive into this episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast and just how you got started with it all. Yeah. So the main podcast that we're probably going to talk about today is podcasting for coaches. And it is part of my overall business of the same name where I help people launch their podcast and I do editing for them. But that is actually my third podcast out of four. (laughs) So I had two previously before this one, and I actually just launched my, my fourth one. That is my personal one. Um, this, this just a few weeks ago. So I've got a lot that I can pull from as far as experiences go. They've all been a little bit different in their own way, but podcasting for coaches started because I am first and foremost, a podcast service provider, and it is a great, great, great marketing tool for my business. Um, and so that's really the purpose that it serves. And it allows me to provide free content to my audience who can't necessarily uh, afford to work with me one-on-one. Yeah. And I think that's a great reason to have a podcast because, you know, you're still giving people a taste of what they could have if they could work with you. And then, you know, in the future when they can't afford you, then they're able to make that commitment a lot easier because they know your style, they know what you have to offer and all that stuff. So that's great. So how long have you actually, what's the first time that you recall starting your podcast? Like what year did you start? So it's funny because at the time that we're recording this, it is uh, mid-January and two days from now is actually the four-year anniversary of launching my first podcast. Oh, wow. So it was, okay. it was January of 2016 when that first one launched. Well, you're definitely an OG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny. I have some clients that have been podcasting since like 2011. I'm like, well, you've definitely been podcasting longer than me. Like right? I didn't know that was a thing, but cool. Um, 2011, I was like just in college. So I didn't even think about podcasting or I was just like, what is this little purple app on my phone? I don't know what this is. Right. <laughs> so no. So great. just a few months prior to launching my own show, I didn't even know what a podcast was either. Um, so I'm kind of right there with you. But once I heard it, my first one, even though I loved the host and I loved the show in general, it was terrible audio quality. Um, but I was still hooked. I absolutely fell in love with the medium. And in just a few months, I had one of my own. Right. Right. I feel like I feel the same way. Um, I had started listening to them too. And I was just kind of like, okay, this is cool. This is interesting. And then I was like, let's start my own. And I did. And then I don't know what I would have done the past two and almost and a half years without having a podcast. I just don't know. It's been such a cool experience. And now I have two and you have 
four now? <laughs> well, so the original one, I actually sold it um, to oh, a listener okay. once I retired it. And then my second one, I only had for a few months. I started it when we moved to the city that we live in and it was a local podcast about my city. And then my business started to take off. And so I just had to free up some of my time. So that right. one went away. Um, and then I've had this one now for two years and I just launched the fourth one. Okay. But, so, so you have two active currently. Yes, yes. Okay, cool. I was about to say four at one time <laughs> sounds insane. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So kind of what made you want to get into podcast consulting? How did that journey come about and all that? So it really just started by doing it myself. When I started my very first podcast, I was in corporate. I absolutely hated every second. I call it soul sucking and I wanted a way out and I thought podcasting was the answer. And it turns out it was, it changed my entire life, but it wasn't in the way that I thought it was, which I think we're going to touch on a little bit later um, because I had a very common misconception about podcasting that a lot of people have. But <laughs> by doing it myself, I learned a lot of things in the program that I went through while I appreciate it so much because it is the thing that got me to launch my first show. I realized the more and more I was in the space that some of the information being given in that program wasn't accurate or up to date. And it was kind of frustrating me a little bit because I noticed that people were running into roadblocks that they really didn't need to. They were having issues that shouldn't be issues because they weren't getting the most up-to-date information. And so I kind of just started helping people on my own just because I wanted them to not go through frustrating experiences. And I originally first started with editing audio for a woman who was in a mastermind with me who had a podcast and she couldn't keep up with it. She liked the way mine sounded. So she asked if I could help and that transitioned into more clients. And then, you know, combining that with wanting to help others in the space, just like in Facebook groups turned into what I do now, which has been three and a half years of full-time consulting and editing. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's that's how kind of we all end up doing things. So like we start doing something for someone and then we're like, oh, I actually like this. So let's mm -hmm. kind of like see what else we can do. And then it kind of goes from there. Um, I didn't start with podcasting, obviously. Um, if you guys have been listening to the show, you know that I used to be like a social media manager and all that stuff. Um, but then I found that I could mix my social media management skills with, you know, podcasting and then also like be able to help people with podcast marketing in addition to the behind the scenes of running a podcast. So it's been pretty interesting making that switch and, um, definitely a big learning experience. <laughs> so it's been cool. So, um, now we can touch on that common misconception. So what is a common misconception that people have about starting a podcast? A lot of people come into the space and I think it's gotten better over the past couple of years, but definitely when I started and I came in with the same misconception of I could start a podcast and then all of a sudden in just a few months, I would be paid to be podcasting and I would become a professional podcaster and I would get all these sponsorship deals <laughs> and I could leave my corporate job and just be a podcaster for a living. And that is entirely possible. I'm not saying that it's not, but it is extremely rare Right. <laughs> and right. it takes a very long time. Usually there are exceptions to the rule as with every role, but it usually takes a really long time, like multiple years to get to that point where you're seeing any real income strictly from sponsorships. Now, if you have your own business, that's different. Um, and that's, that's what I help my people with. But I thought that this was going to be my ticket out of corporate because I was just going to be paid to talk into a microphone all the time. <laughs> and that did not happen. Right. Yeah. I think a lot, you're right. A lot of people do have that misconception. And like you said, it's kind of getting better now that there's more and more education about mm -hmm. podcasting and stuff. But yeah, I think a lot of people definitely thought that. Um, and you know, while having ads and stuff is great, I definitely think it's 
so much more beneficial to have your own self-sponsored ads yes. essentially because you know you're lining your own pocket versus some big corporate co- company's pocket that's only paying you like 150 dollars per share or whatever or even less if you have less downloads in the grand scheme of things it's unless you have tons and tons and tons and tons of downloads it's just really not going to be worth it for you because the payout is going to be so little and you know it's not helping you further your business Right. And there are a lot of companies even that won't even work with somebody. They won't start working with them entry level until they have like 50,000 downloads per episode. Right. And the vast majority of podcasts, like 99% of them will never see that number. They'll never see close to that number. Right. So it's possible, but it's not something that should ever be counted on. And it's not the thing that people should go into this having a mindset of like within a few months, I'll have this audience and I can, <laughs> I can get paid to podcast. Um, I always tell my clients to even, even though they're marketing their own services, I always tell them to really give the show um, at least a year before right. it really starts to become an integral, integral part of their marketing and their lead generation. And I, I would agree with that. It definitely takes a while to start building traction. Um, I did Pinterest in the past and that was like my main social media marketing focus. So that is a similar kind of slow burn like podcasting. Um, so yeah, I definitely always tell people like, it's not going to be instantaneous. You're not going to wake up one day and have like 500,000 downloads overnight. Like, I'm sorry (laughs) to burst that bubble, but it's just not going to happen. I mean, and my one client that I do have that has sponsorships has, is the one that I was talking about earlier that has been podcasting since 2011. So she's been in this space for such a long time and she doesn't get, like she gets a decent amount of downloads, like definitely not 50,000 per episode, but she gets a decent amount and she's been in the space for so long that she definitely has sponsors, but that's just not very common these days because, you know, unless you want to take like $25 per episode or something, but that's not even worth anyone. Right. (laughs) Why would you do that? Exactly. And that's the thing, like there are sponsors out there and you can do these affiliate programs, but they're not going to be like real money where you can like leave your job and do this. Not, not typically. Um, so yeah, you may, you may get, you know, 25 bucks a month or per episode, and you may even get a sponsorship that is enough to cover your cost of the show. And that might be worth it for you depending on you know, what your topic is about and if you have your own services or business, but it's certainly not a way to get rich quick. Exactly. I agree. 150%. So when you were first starting, did you ever struggle to kind of get clients in the beginning when podcasting wasn't as well known as it is now? I actually didn't, but that's because I generally become obsessed with things when I want to do it. Um, and so I dove all in right away and I have a pretty good business mindset. So where I was trying to get clients were the same place, you know, the other people at the time were trying to get clients and it was mostly Facebook comments. Um, So somebody would post that they were looking for an editor. And then at the time, like 10 of us would respond and I would be the only one with a website and like a way for them to schedule a call (laughs) with me. And everyone else would be like, Oh, DM me and we can talk. Um, And so because I kind of had that leg up on the others, it was actually really easy for me to get clients in the beginning. I will say that I think if I were starting from scratch now, it would be more difficult to get clients than it was back then actually because even though there are a lot more podcasts that exist and it's it's a lot more well known there's also a lot of other service providers in this space so whereas that post three four years ago would have gotten 10 comments now they're getting like 30 comments Um, right so it is a lot more competitive in terms of the service providers but there are I think we're over 900,000 podcasts right now like there's plenty to go around right right Um, so I don't really concern myself too much and I honestly don't comment a whole lot on those posts anymore even 
Right. Yeah. I, I completely in the same way. I mean, if someone tags me, then I'll say, Hey, I'll throw my right. name in the hat, but I'm not like seeking it out either. Um, and it's just like, I, I felt the same way, but with social media marketing and that's kind of why I switched. Cause I knew podcasting was more getting more and more saturated, but social media marketing was like, my dog can run your Instagram. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is stupid. I'm over it. Um, right. <laughs> and I, podcasting hasn't hit that saturation level yet, but, um, I felt like there was still some like you know, you could still step into it and still kind of make your name and not be competing with people saying that their, you know, five-year-old son could run your Instagram (laughs) or Facebook or whatever. Like I was seeing all over the place with social media. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I I agree with that. And yeah, Facebook groups (laughs) used to be where it was at for me too. Um, not even with podcasting, but with just like social media, like everyone would be like, okay, I'm looking for someone. And like, you know, there'd only be a handful of comments, but now mm. no matter what the industry is, there's like 40 comments. Right. right. <laughs> like everything's oversaturated these days, but yeah. Right. Well, and the thing with podcasting is there are still so many people, so many podcasters who don't even know that you can hire people to help. Right. Like, so there is still a lot of room for that growth. Um, but right. as, as that grows, obviously the competition is going to grow. Of course. And I feel like the main thing people that are podcasters do hire out um, is editing. And then they realize, Oh, I need more than that. But like, that's kind of the first thing people hire out. Um, and then they realize, Oh, maybe I would actually benefit from someone doing all the different pieces of right. So like management, cause that's, that's what I do. And you know, some people are like, Oh, I just want editing. But then there are people who are like, no, I'm actually just going to hand over all the reins except for recording. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, good choice. Cause it, it's a lot, it's a lot to do. Um, it is, yeah. if it's not your, like, if it's just a free content stream for you and it's not something, and it's something that makes you money, but it's not something that's like your main money maker, like a course or something. So it's definitely important to kind of hand over the reins if you can, um, afford that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what is one thing that you wish all podcasters knew before going into podcasting? Oh gosh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I had to pick just one, it would honestly be the concept of patience. Just go into it and and really give yourself a year. If in a year you are you haven't seen any growth, you haven't seen any leads, you haven't seen any new like networking connections, you haven't made any new friends, you haven't had any opportunity come along from the year that you've been podcasting, which I find very hard to believe, but (laughs) if that has happened, then give it up, but give it that year because I have found in working with my own clients and paying attention to their stats, it's almost like clockwork. Like once they hit that year mark, their downloads start increasing significantly month after month. Like, I don't know what it is about that one year mark, but it, it always happens every single time. So just go into it with patience. Don't expect that, you know, in three weeks you should have, you know, 2000 downloads or even 200 downloads. Right. (laughs) Um, So it's going to be a slow burn, a slow build. And, and it's something that you want to commit to long-term. And if you do, you will stand out amongst everyone else because pod fading is real. And most people quit their show after just a few months. So if you can stick with it and have the longevity, you're going to stand out even more. Yeah. And I agree with the one year statistics. Same thing for me. I mean, I started January, 2018 and that was before it was even this podcast. I just kind of involved it into this, the same exact show, Mm -hmm. but just changed all the branding and stuff. Um, but after a year, it was probably like a year and two months or something. I started like seeing decent downloads and I was like, Oh, 
where are these people coming from? Right. And you know, I like, I have the same type of guest. I have the same type of content. And I was just mm-hmm. like, it's not like I got like a viral guest that like made it go right. crazy. You know, it was just like the same type of people with the same type of audience and they didn't have any crazy statistics or anything. So it's just funny how you can see that changed over, not overnight, but it seems like overnight when you've been doing it for a year and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, there it is. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and so what I noticed with my very first podcast and my current one for my business, those are the only two out of the four that have gone past that year mark. They both went for two years. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that the amount of downloads it took one year, that first year to get, I had that in like six months the next time. Right. Yeah. And then in the next six months I had even more. And so it almost like compounds as time goes on. Um, and so the longer you stick with it, the more that should compound and the more your audience will grow. So it shouldn't even necessarily stay at like a steady growth rate, growth rate. It should actually, you know, compound and get bigger and bigger over time. Right. I, yeah, for sure. And I mean, for mine, since I made a switch back in, I want to say, it was like September is when I started my new show focus and stuff. I definitely have seen my downloads drop a little bit, but which makes has, sense because you're losing yeah. some of that existing audience that were exactly. there for the original exactly. content. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy. Like I thought it would drop more. So I was like, okay, cool. These <laughs> people are still here. That's fine. Maybe they do want to start a podcast. Maybe right. just didn't even know it. But that's great. Um but yeah, I definitely anticipated that a little bit and it didn't actually infect me as much as I thought it would. I mean definitely I'm not seeing what it was, but it's still nothing crazy and I expected that drop. And I think now since it's not one week talking about Facebook ads with some random expert and then next week talking about Pinterest with myself um, Mm -hmm. or talking about, you know, digital marketing or whatever. It's, it's been so much more consistent and steady. And I think these people are way more loyal than my old audience was because they're just like, okay, I'm here for podcasting and that's that. I know every week. So I'm going to listen to pretty much every single episode because I know that's what I'm going to get every time. Right. Yeah. If you're, if you're looking to grow your, you know, your Facebook group and engagement, you're not going to pay attention to the Pinterest episode. So they're, they were probably pretty selective with the content they listened. And and like you said, now that it's more focused, every episode is applicable. Exactly. So it it ends up being kind of weighing out together in the same way anyway. So, right. Yeah. Awesome. So now let's dive a little bit into more about your podcast. You can definitely talk about obviously podcasting for coaches, but definitely, you know, if anything else comes up from your other podcasts too, you can definitely bring that up as well. So what is your current format for your show? So whether it's solo interview, get, or like a mix of the two, or, and then how often do you put out new episodes? Yeah. So it's actually been a little bit different with each show that I've had, which has been interesting to see like what's worked well and what hasn't. So with my very first show, I actually did three episodes a week and it was Monday, Wednesday was a part one and two of an interview. And then every Friday was like a short 10 minute solo, like recap. Mm -hmm. Um, And that seemed to work really well. And then for my second show, it was five days a week, all solo, about 10 to 12 minute episodes. Um, And then for podcasting for coaches, my main one now, it rotates between solo and interview. The first year was all solo Uh because I just wanted to get the information out there and the content and help people have the resources to launch their show without having to pay for something if they couldn't afford it. And once we got through that process, now it's, it's rotating between um, having other coaches and consultants on the show who podcast as part of their business so they can talk about their experience um, much like you do with yours. Mm -hmm. So um, that's been really interesting. That's, that's kind of my favorite format. I, my new show, it's, it's purely a hobby show for the moment. And I co-host it with my best friend and we talk about 
um, like true crime and, oh, and our crazy weird <laughs> obsessions. So that's also been fun from that standpoint of just, I get to talk to, you know, one of my best friends pretty regularly so that we could record. Um, but rotating between solo and interview is my favorite format. And it's what I try to get my guests to, or my clients to do. Um, and if they're not rotating, at least incorporate a solo segment of some kind, because especially if you're podcasting as part of your business, um, and you're wanting to be seen as an expert, you have to showcase yourself sometime. You can't always showcase your guests. Right. Um, and so I have really enjoyed this rotation between solo and interview the most. I agree. Cause like when you have guests, you can still showcase yourself as an expert because your feedback can be great too, but mm -hmm. it's not a hundred percent highlighting you and your expertise. So I definitely think having some solo episodes is important too. And I enjoy a mix as well. Um, mm -hmm. So I agree with that. And I think it's cool how each of your shows had like different um, <laughs> amounts that you put out. I can't imagine doing five a week. Girl, that's nuts. <laughs> well, it was, it, it was, which is why I only stuck with it for like three months. And then once, <laughs> once the business started to take off, I was like, okay, I can't keep up with this. Um, but again, they were, they were solo. So I didn't have to like work around anyone else's schedule. They right. were, some of them were like six or seven minutes. Some of them were like 15. Okay. Um, and so that definitely made it a lot more manageable but it was still a lot of work. Like no matter what, I don't care if it's a one minute episode, all of the other post-production aspects are still the same and they take the same amount of time. So yeah, it was a lot of work. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. No, that's cool. I like having all the different perspectives. So, um, what do you feel like is working best in your podcast right at this moment? Um, this can be with, you know, your process or, you know, the guests that you're interviewing or anything like that. So I think it's just, working best for me as honestly a marketing tool. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm not the best with the process. So it's one of those like, do as I say, not as I do kind of things. <laughs> so I was supposed to come back and start my show at the beginning of January. Life's crazy. My husband's been sick twice in a month. Like I'm leaving to speak at a conference on podcasting this weekend. Like things have been nuts. And so I just haven't, I haven't started my show back up again. Um, which is the opposite of what I would advise my clients to do. <laughs> But so like even going beyond the processes, even going beyond all of that, it's still, I just had someone, I just actually got off the phone with someone earlier today, about an hour ago, who she scheduled a consult to talk with me about editing services. And the way that she heard about me was my podcast. Mm. Um, so it's still, even though I'm not the best at being consistent with it and, and doing things, you know, the ideal way, it's still there working for me all the time. And so that's, I think, what works well with my show is that it is a really great way, like you mentioned earlier, for people to get a feel for my style and my personality. Anytime I get a referral from any of my existing clients or somebody else, I always direct them to my podcast. Um, you know, I'll say, well, here's a link to schedule time to chat. In the meantime, feel free to check out my podcast. You can get a feel for my style and personality and see if we're going to be a good fit. And then every time I do that, once we get on the phone, never, ever fails. Right. One of the first comments is, oh my God, I love your show. Or, oh my God, I, I have been so confused about this one thing, but I listened to your episode and you've already helped me. And we've <laughs> never even spoken yet. So it's been amazing as far as that goes. Right. I think, and I think that should be everyone's goal, really. Just like being able to help people with their free content and then, you know, use it as like a kind of a warming hut for people to turn into paid customers or clients in the future. So I think, I think everyone should kind of model their show like that. I mean, unless you have like a true crime show or something right, that's right. really like fun and conversational, but like if you have a podcast that you're using as a business owner that you want to use to be strategic and get leads in your business, then I think that's really important. Yeah. And I, I love that 
that you keep highlighting that it is this like method of helping because it really should be. Um, because if I went on here and I recorded a podcast episode and it was 10 minutes of me just trying to sell my services, no one is going to listen to that. Like it's not going to be beneficial for anyone. Um, and so you do have to give first and then, and then maybe ask for the ask at the, you know, at the end to work for them or to work with them. But it does have to be give, 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 give. And then occasionally someone will give back to you by hiring you. Right. Right. And I agree. And I mean, obviously sitting there and trying to sell to people 24 seven isn't going to do any good, but I mean, you definitely shouldn't shy away from sharing what you have to offer either. You know, like you said at the end, like after you have a really great jam packed episode, just saying like, Hey, if you want to chat further about X, Y, Z, then book your free 15, 20 minute consult with me here. And then, you know, lead them that way. And then at that point they feel like they kind of already know you a little bit. Cause you just mm-hmm. had like a 15 minute conversation with them in their ear. Right. <laughs> um, so it makes it so much easier for people to want to commit to getting on the phone with you. Cause I know that's like a lot of people's hang out. They're like, Ooh, I don't know if I should talk to them or not. Like I need help, but you know, I don't know if they're the right fit, if I'm going to waste my time, all that stuff. So, right. It's awkward. And nobody likes to be sold to. Right. You know, so if you just come across somebody on, on social media and you go to their website, but you've never interacted with them in any way, you've never watched any of their videos, you've never listened to them on a podcast, like you're just going based off of this image of them, you don't know what that experience is going to be like when you hop on a call. You don't know if they're going to try and pitch you and sell you the whole time. So having that podcast is definitely a way to kind of break down that barrier and just get rid of that obstacle right from the start. But yes, you do absolutely have to ask. That's one of the main things that I find when I do audits for existing podcasters is that they, they don't talk about themselves enough. (laughs) They don't, they don't mention their websites. They don't talk about their services. So someone coming in and listening to a particular episode would have no idea that they could hire that person or what they could hire them for. So Yes, there needs to be that balance of providing help, but also doing a little bit of shameless promotion. (laughs) Right. Otherwise, people aren't going to know that they can work with you. They're just like, oh, this content is great. Right. But, you know, like, is that all they do? Do they just provide free content or like, can I actually like hire them for something? Yeah. So now going to the other side of things. So what is a failure that you've had with your podcast, if any, or even just something that you wish you could have done better? And then what did you learn from it? So my failure, hands down, from the very first podcast is what I just alluded to where I am not consistent. I'm not as consistent as I should be. Um, I do take regular breaks. I travel a lot and it's usually like multi-week or multi-month trips. And so I tend to shut down my podcast when I do that just because running the business and traveling and I do like fast travel where I'm only spending, you know, two or three days in the country. So I got to jam pack a bunch of stuff in. Um, It's just hard to keep up with the podcast. And so I am pretty much the worst at actually (laughs) consistently putting out episodes every single week. I do try to communicate that with my audience though and schedule those things so that they're at least aware if there's not going to be an episode or they're aware of like when I'm coming back. So it's not like, well, I don't know if she's going to have an episode this week or not. Um, So I do try to be in as much communication as possible with my audience about it, but I am not someone who is like every single week, no matter what I'm putting out an episode. And I, I could definitely be better at that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. I mean, consistency is not something that I personally struggle with. I'm just 
very anal. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I need to get this episode out. If I do, I'm like, whatever, whatever happens, I need to get this episode out. And I can understand, like, I mean, obviously you want to enjoy your time when you're traveling and stuff instead of being like, oh wait, I have to go promote this episode on social media because, you know, otherwise no one will even know what's out. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I would, for me, I would rather spend time, you know, going and exploring a new location than like sitting in my hotel room editing my podcast episode. Right. So it's, my podcast is always like my lowest priority. It comes after, after my family, after my friends, after my self-care, and then after, you know, any of my client work, then it's the podcast. So it tends to be neglected a little bit. Yeah, no, which is totally understandable. I mean, you have a backlog of content, so it's not like you like release three episodes and then you disappear. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, stuff. there's like close to 70 episodes. So there's yeah. plenty for new people to, to listen to. Right. Exactly. So it, it's definitely not a big deal. And you know, as long as you're taking care of clients, then that's all people can ask for. Right. Like the, free yeah, content, exactly. The free content is great, but it doesn't really pay your bills directly. So, right. you know, it's like, okay, I got to give and take some. Right. Well, and the crazy thing is, is it still brings in leads. Like, so even if I'm not 100% consistent with it, it's still doing its job, right. which I think makes it easier for me to be like, uh, you know, instead of staying up all night tonight and working on this podcast episode, maybe I'm going to actually get a couple hours of sleep for a change. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I totally, I totally get that. Um, so where do you find that you're getting your listeners from? I know like lovely podcast hosts don't make that very easy to figure out. It's just like, oh yeah, it came from Apple podcast or oh, they came right. from Spotify or something. But where do you find that your listeners are finding you from. So, and for me, that is really kind of all the data that I have because I haven't dove into it too much because I honestly kind of don't care. Right. Because <laughs> for me, it's not like cold lead generation. So I'm not like targeting, finding new audience members. Um, it is more that that selling tool for people that I already make a connection with in another way via referral or social media. Um, but Apple Podcasts, hands down, is still my number one source for downloads. But there's a lot of debate now because of the way Apple hands their download, handles their downloads versus a platform like Spotify, which is you know rapidly becoming the other most popular platform. And I actually have, um, for my brand new show that we just launched a few weeks ago, Spotify is hands down number one. Um, source for downloads for them. And for some of my other clients, it's, it's becoming that way as well. Spotify is overtaking Apple podcasts, um, which has been really interesting. And the thing with Apple podcasts is if you're subscribed to a show, it automatically counts that as a download, whether or not the listener ever presses play and Spotify is <laughs> not like that. So that's why there's all this kind of debate now, as I'm sure you've noticed in these communities of which one's actually really, truly number one, because right. Apple Podcasts is number one in downloads, but Spotify is number one in number of users. So those are really the only two that I ever pay attention to. All these other ones, I don't, I don't really pay attention to much. I'm terrible with social media, so I don't really market it all that much. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much where they're coming from. They're just finding it on their own, I think, through search results, SEO. SEO, um, you know, internet searches are the most popular way, the number one way people find new shows. So I have pretty good SEO for my website. I show up for a lot of search terms. Um, so I think that's also part of it. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting. Um, and I, I, yeah, I knew about the download thing with Apple podcasts and it's, it's such like, it's kind of makes it like a vanity metric. You're like, you yes. know, it's actually how many people who are actually listening to every single episode. Cause if they just, um, you know, if they subscribe and then it auto downloads everything, you know, you can turn that off, but that's like the default. So most people, unless right. they run a room on their phone, um, they're going to default to that. So you don't really know how many people are actually like listening. It's just like, Oh, great. Download to their phone. Um, right. And that's part of why I like to stress 
when we reference back of what's one thing I want podcasters to know about the other main thing that I say is to not focus so much on your downloads, like focus on the patterns and the trends, but not the actual individual numbers, because one, they're just not accurate. Um, and two, just like you said, they're vanity metrics. They're not really, you don't know how many people are listening. You don't know how many people are subscribed and Apple does provide in their dashboard some statistics, but those are wildly inaccurate as well. Oh yeah. So you can't rely on those either. I look at those. I'm like, this doesn't even line up to like anything with Lipson or whatever. Yep. So I'm like, how is like, how can I have this many in Lipson and then like half that in Apple podcasts. Right. It tells me that for most of my episodes, I have like 0% consumption rate when I have listeners who've reached out to me directly telling me like (laughs) that they loved this specific tip from the episode. So I know someone's listening. (laughs) You're like, can you bump that up to like two to five percent, please? At least. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's the same for me. I'm like, it's like, oh, this only like 20 devices have this year episodes. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Even with the amount of downloads that I have, like more than 20 devices have it. So right, right. It's, like, it's really <laughs> stupid and I don't trust it at all. I was like, don't look at those. Like, please just go by like your, your other, your host stat, stats are going to be a little more accurate, even though with the inflation, at mm-hmm. least it's not like making you feel completely awful about yourself because right. like you had like five downloads. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do you actually convert those listeners into clients and customers? Are there anything, is there anything you do? I mean, obviously you provide them with great content, but like, do you like inform them about how they can work with you or kind of how do you transition? Yeah. So I, I have it built in actually both into my intro and my outro. So it's automatically there in every episode, but then I do talk about it within the content as well. I don't do it when I have guests on the show because I don't feel like that's fair to them. Like I brought them on the show for their expertise. They should be able to showcase what they have to offer. Um, even if they are quote unquote, a competitor, like I have you on my show and your episode is going to be really soon. And I didn't want to be like, well, guess what? I also do the same thing. So hire <laughs> me instead. Like, no, you're my guest. You get featured. Um, but in my solo shows, I do talk about it. And I, this year, even though I haven't started recording the episodes, I did a much, much better job at planning out my content right. with the objective of what am I going to market? So if I go into my content calendar, I actually started first with what do I want to promote every single month? You know, and that generally lines up with what conferences I'm at, what time of year it is, you know, people always want to launch a new podcast at the beginning of the year. So towards the end of the year, I'll market my launch packages, those kinds of things. And then I plan the content around that. So whatever episode or whatever topic I'm talking about in that episode directly correlates in some way to whatever I'm going to market at the end of it. Yeah. And that makes complete and total sense. And I think that's something a lot of like first time podcasters do struggle with. Like their first year, they're just like, whatever, winging it. Like they don't even mm-hmm. think about even adding in those kinds of promotions at all. And then, then year two, they're like, okay, maybe I should be a little more strategic about this. <laughs> right. I know, I'm, I know I was the same way. Like my first year, I was just kind of like, okay, yay, this is exciting. Like, you know, I have an intro, I have an outro, I have the episode, like I don't add anything complicated in the middle. Cause you know, like trying to get my husband to like figure out, oh, this is a really good place to add a middle segment. Like, no, we're okay. And then once (laughs) he got better at editing and I got better at like remembering what was upcoming um, on my calendar, whether that would be like, you know, launches or anything like that, then I, from there I got better. And I was like, okay, like this episode, when are you get to a nice point in the middle, insert, you know, a nice little ad segment here. And then it's just, it's gotten easier from there. But yeah, a lot of people don't think about that at the beginning. They're just kind of like, okay, I'm recording. I'm here. Great. 
let's just right. get out into the universe. <laughs> right. Well, and that's where I think some like where people like us can come in handy is because there's so much information in a new podcaster's brain of just all the different components of launching that it's so overwhelming and they just don't think about these other aspects because they've never had to before. But where they, you know, when they work with somebody like you um, or even me, like we can help point out those things and kind of help them structure that like that you know, from the get go. And so a year and they don't realize, Oh man, I wish I had been do doing this the entire time. Right. Right. Yeah. And even like when people have been podcasting for like a year, um, and they come to me and they don't have these things in place. I'm like, Hey, would you like want to do this? And they're like, Oh mm -hmm. wow, I didn't even think about that. So it's just nice to have someone that's just willing to be like, Hey, okay, here's how you can prove you're doing great, but maybe, maybe we can do this, especially since you're not doing the actual like management of your own show anymore, then you have a little more time freed up to kind of right. be more strategic with it. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole reason I started offering my audits that I do because I, I did see exactly the situation where podcasters, they just get started, which is great. Like don't get hung up in all these small details. I would so much rather someone get started and get into a flow and then figure out how to tweak things rather than stopping themselves, you know, with uh, paralysis by analysis and just too many options and they don't know what decisions to make. So they just never make any. Um, but I now have this service where I can go in and like help people. And I'm sure you probably do as well. That's what you were just, right. it sounded like that's what you were just talking about. And I think that that is going to be more and more beneficial. Um, I'm honestly shocked that more service providers aren't offering the service. I think maybe they are mm -hmm. informally. Um, it's just kind of like when they start with a new client, they start doing this. And so I do see that this is going to be, get more popular, um, you know, over the next year or two where people are going to realize that they can have somebody who can come in and help them figure out how to tweak these certain things after they've already launched. Right. Yeah. And that, that's something I have right now. That's like kind of a mini service. Like they don't need to work with me long-term to do that. But usually mm -hmm. if they get the audit, they're like, Ooh, actually this is great. Now let's actually work together on this other level. So it's right. kind of like the little like meatball of what I have to offer them. And for a while I was actually doing them, um, on my Instagram stories. Like I would do one person a week and I would usually highlight like my friends or people I knew just cause it was a lot easier than just picking a random person out of the blue. Right. And like, all of a sudden, Oh, let me audit your podcast publicly. <laughs> let me tell you everything you're doing wrong. <laughs> right. So I'd pick my friends. I'm like, Hey, is it, is is it cool if I like audit your podcast on Instagram, whatever. And I did a couple of those and it was fun and I got really good feedback, but I got pregnant and then I was just like, Oh, I just don't have the energy for this right now. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't done it in like months, but yeah, it's definitely something I offer that's paid obviously more in depth than what I did, um, on Instagram stories. Right. It was kind of a nice way to show people like, I know what I'm talking about. And you know, here's like a little taste of what you could get if you did the full on audit. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. So when it comes to keeping those people around and coming back for more, how do you, how do you do that? Like, what do you do to keep them always wanting to come back and listen to more episodes from you? You know, I don't know that I actually go into it thinking that, um, I just try to provide the latest information. So whenever I record an episode, it's whatever's relevant to the industry at that time. And this industry, as you know, is ever changing. So the advice that I gave a year ago on a topic is not what I would give now. So if they just listen to that one episode and that's it and that's what they go off of, um, they're, they're not listening to the most relevant information. It's not the most current. They could be doing things wrong. They could be shooting themselves in the foot. So by continuing to listen to the show, they stay up to date um, with everything that they need to know to have a, a successful podcast. Successful in air quotes because that should be different to everybody. Right. Exactly. And I think, I think that's, that's great. I mean, you don't really 
with your podcast and with what you're offering people, you don't really need to have like some crazy strategy to keep people around because if they want to start a podcast and they're interested, then they're going to stick around. And if they stumble upon it and they're like, eh, podcasting's not for me, then they're going to leave. So right. that's just that. It's not like you have to like be like, it's not like you have different topics every single week and then you're trying to keep people around for certain topics, but you know, hoping they're interested in others and things like that. So it's a little right. different when it's like a more niche show. Um, yeah, niches definitely work better for podcasting. Way, way, way better. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> definitely realized that. <laughs> like, oh, small business. That's a niche, right? And then you like go into like a million different topics and you're like, right. Well, really, well these five episodes did really great, but you know, I don't really know what my audience really likes because they like these five episodes, but they were all completely different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so what advice do you have for someone who just wants to start a podcast and they're like super excited about it, but they just don't know where to begin? I would definitely say start looking at um, the resources that are available, but look at how recent they are. So there are blog posts and, and articles and all of these things that are, you know, two or three years old now at this point, and those are not going to work for you because they're going to offer tips and strategies that just aren't good anymore. They violate Apple's policies, those kinds of things. Um, so finding some up-to-date information, listening to this podcast, my podcast, um, any of the other 15,000 podcasts out there on podcasting um, and just checking out the current information. So in addition to that, I would also recommend going into these Facebook communities. If you try to podcast on your own and you're not in the community and communicating with other podcasters, you are doing yourself a huge disservice because there is so much information in these groups from some people who really know what they're talking about and some people who don't quite know what they're talking about. But if you have a question about podcasting, I promise it has already been asked and answered probably 20 different times. Right. So get in these communities, get in these Facebook groups. Um, I, that's where I spend most of my time. I'm sure there are communities on other platforms. I know Reddit has a, a pretty big Facebook or a podcasting community as well. So just really entrenching yourself and just being a sponge and soaking up all the information that you can, but then also actually taking action. Just take one small step every single day and eventually your show will be launched. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think finding community is really important. You know, like you said, like there's someone who has asked this question at some yes. point or another, like the, the best tools or whatever. And sometimes when I get in those groups, I have to like refrain myself from being like, no, that's not good <laughs> advice because people like say stuff right. and like why? Or it's like people who just started their podcast like yesterday and then they're giving advice. Yep. Like, yep. No, <laughs> no. And I was like, I don't want to be like rude. So I just like kind of ignore it. But then I'm like, oh man, that's doing this other person a disservice. So it's like you're stuck in between a rock and a hard place. But Right. No, I deal with that too, because that's, that's part of my lead generation strategy is that I'm in these groups basically right. every single day responding and commenting and answering these questions. And there's a way to do it tactfully, but yeah, sometimes I have had to be like, you know, that's actually incorrect information. Here is, <laughs> here's the real information. Like these are the real image requirements that Apple wants you to have. Right. Um, right. So yeah, sometimes you do kind of have to step in, but it's not a matter of, of like, you're wrong. I'm right. It's a matter of, well, that may have been your experience, but really the best practice is this one. So this is yeah. what I would recommend doing as a professional in this space. Exactly. Um, and exactly. so that, that tends to make it a little bit easier to swallow. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, I don't want to step on your toes, but like, this is actually how it right. is. Um, and I mean, cause you know, the person posting, you want to help them because they are the one who needs your help at this exact moment. So you don't want them to be 
like taken in the wrong direction and right. frustrated because they got the wrong advice, which happens all the time in Facebook groups, no matter if it's a podcast specific Facebook group or just like a general business one. I've oh yeah. Anything. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh gosh, why, why are people like, yeah. People are- well, I mean, if you go into like, you know, vaccine versus, or yeah, vaccinations versus not and like oh, gosh. climate change and pol- like literally everything is polarizing and everyone has an opinion. So it's just a matter of like weeding through those and finding which one seems logical to you, right. who seems like they have the most credibility. And in these podcasting communities, one thing I try to keep in mind is that anybody who takes the time to comment and answer even a wrong one, they're doing it from a good place. Like they think right. they're being helpful. So I don't want to discourage them because in the future, maybe they do know the right answer to a question. And I don't want them to be like, oh, I don't want someone to come, you know, pounce all over me if I don't give this right information. I don't want to be attacked for this. So I try to, to have both the, the commenter that I'm correcting and the original poster, like their intentions in mind and and their feelings in mind. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's important just because, you know, you don't want to discourage them from ever chat, like speaking up in a group ever again, but you also want this other person to have the right information. So that makes total sense. And then lastly, what is your current favorite podcast? So, I mean, podcasters like to listen to podcasts typically, right? Um, I mean, so I feel like I just had to ask this question. (laughs) No, I totally get that. And since I edit, you know, for a living, um, I don't listen to nearly as many as I used to. And it's actually kind of odd because I listen to certain shows when I do certain activities. Mm -hmm. Um, so at night, if I need to kind of like wind down and relax, I listen to a podcast called creepy, um, which is creepy pasta stories, which are basically kind of like twisted, dark horror stories, um, which seems kind of weird that I listen to that to like unwind at the end of the day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but I do, it's a very well-produced show. And then if I'm like driving around anywhere, um, or if I am uh, like doing housework. I am obsessed right now with office ladies because I love the show, the office. Mm, mm-hmm. And then if I'm working on like a big project. Um, so right now I'm refinishing like six dining room chairs, which is a very long process. So I have time to sit and binge several hours worth the podcast at once. I am currently going through the good place, the podcast, because mm. I love the show, the good place. And I'm like way, way, way behind on it. So I have a ton of episodes to go through. And then another one that I currently really like right now is called Angel of Vine. Okay. And it's, it's like a fictional drama. Uh, one of my favorite actors is actually in the show, which is why I started listening to it. And it's kind of like got a true crime um, murder detective story to it. And so that's been interesting to go through. And the episodes are only like 20 minutes and I love that. So it makes it really easy to listen to like while I'm putting on my makeup or, you know, getting ready to go out. So those are, those are my main ones at the moment. Awesome. Yeah. I always like hearing what people are listening to. And I'm the same way, even though I don't edit any, I mean, I'll edit people's podcasts. I do have an editor just because that's just not my favorite thing to do. Right. I prefer the other stuff. <laughs> um, but I, I will listen to all my clients' podcasts just because I usually will listen just before passing it over to my editor so she doesn't have to listen to it a million times and figure yeah. out. So I'll be like, oh, edit out this, edit out that. There's a dog barking here, whatever. <laughs> so I listen to a lot of my clients too. And I don't listen to as many podcasts as I used to when I did social media for people. Um, but yeah, so I think it's kind of funny. Like when you are like a podcaster, plus you are helping people with their podcasts and editing for clients and stuff like that, that obviously you don't listen to as much. Right. Um, yeah. Cause I have headphones on like, and I'm listening to audio all day. And so sometimes right. my ears just need a little bit of a break. Yeah. You're like, oh, maybe like I can watch some mindless TV or something. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's what I am doing. I'm like, all right, let's put on some 
trashy TV and then um absolutely well <laughs> and and two of my favorite podcasts right now are about TV shows so <laughs> that kind of goes hand in hand I definitely right. like watching you know binging things on Netflix right totally and then lastly just let us know where we can find you so your website your podcast all that good stuff yeah. So everything to make it easy is podcasting for coaches, the podcast it's podcasting for coaches.com on Facebook and Instagram. It's all podcasting for coaches everywhere. Awesome. Well, I will make sure to link everything in the show notes for you guys to go and check her out. And thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jenny. This was, this was a fun second conversation for us. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com slash episode 138. Make sure to join the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs Facebook group, if you haven't already, for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and basically just an amazing community of fellow podcasters. So we'll see you in the Facebook group and in the next episode. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave a review. You can find us at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com and on Facebook and Instagram at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com slash community. See you in the next episode.